Thanks for checking out the Southcrest Church Podcast. We are one church meeting in two locations in South Atlanta. You can find us online at southcrest.church, where you can listen to our past sermons, watch our 4G stories, and learn more about who we are. Let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God today. Good morning. How is everybody? Good, good. How many of you had your feel of college football yesterday? Right? Some of you, you feel alive again because people are on the field and they're competing. I'm so excited. I'm telling you, I enjoyed every moment of football yesterday. I savor the moment. I cry the day after college football ends in January. So y'all pray for me. Hey, I'm glad you're here today. I want to welcome both of our campuses. If you're worshiping with us in the city of LaGrange, I want to say welcome. If you're worshiping with us here at Noonan, I want to say welcome to you as well. We are a church in multiple locations and uh, very excited about what God's doing in the city of LaGrange and what he's doing here in Noonan and all of Coweta, South Atlanta. So excited you're here today. We're starting a new series today. So for me, uh, that's very, very exciting. I love the opportunity that we're going to have over the next couple of weeks. You know, people ask me all the time, how do you know when God is speaking to you? You just saw the video there as we started today about how frequencies have influence and they have power and, and, and they can affect things. And, and, and this idea of God speaking to us is a big, big idea. Uh, whether you realize it or not, it has value for every single part of your life. So people come to me all the time and they say, how do you know that God still speaks today? And how do you know that God's speaking to you? Like, how do you know it just wasn't the bad wings you had before the football game? And, uh, or how do you know it wasn't, you know, that someone said something to you and you thought it was God saying to you? And people ask me that question all a lot, a lot. And here's what I've learned. People are afraid sometimes to know if God's speaking to them because maybe they think God is mad at them. And it's funny because depending on how you grew up, whether you went to church or didn't go to church, some of you were taught your whole life, God only speaks through a priest. Like to know what God says, you got to go to what the priest says. Or some of you have been taught all your life, you go to church to hear a word from the pastor. And um, wow, like the pastor says that, you know, it's got to be true, whether he was on coffee or whatever, you know. The truth is we are confused about hearing God's voice. And so we're doing this series over the next couple of weeks called Frequency. And how is it that we can tune in our life to hear God's voice. So as a pastor, I wanna tell you why I'm personally excited about this series. As a pastor, you always wanna help people. It's what I do, it's what I love. I don't just love standing on a stage and preaching God's word. I love really helping people. Like I love it when people can connect the dots in their faith and their faith becomes their own and Jesus begins to really change their life and they start living in the fullness of all that God has for them. I get excited about that. And so for me as a pastor, here's why I'm excited about this series. The idea of a couple thousand people all over South Atlanta desiring and beginning to hear God speak to them in a way that they know it's his voice and they begin to act on it in their life. To me, that is just exciting. And you say, well, are you worried that if you teach people how to hear God, they're not going to want to hear you? (laughs) No, I don't care about that. I could really care less if you think I've got a good voice or not. But I do want to tell you this, because I love you, because I care about you, I radically want more than anything else for every person who listens to any one of these messages to know that God desires to have a conversation with you and to be able to know and discern his voice. 
And to know when God is speaking and then to be able to act upon it and know with certainty, hey, this is what God is saying to me. So I wanna begin with a very fundamental question today and it's gonna shape what we're gonna talk about the next four weeks. How many of you in the last month, maybe six weeks, and just be honest, okay? It's okay to admit this because we all struggle with this. How many of you in the last month or six weeks have really felt like the enemy came and he spoke something to you and you kind of heard this still small voice and you knew it wasn't the wrong voice, but you knew it was the enemy speaking a lie to you? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Yeah. Probably half of us to two thirds of us, both campuses. It's, it's amazing to me. Like if I ask people, hey, why are you making the decision you're making? They're saying, well, I just felt like, you know, I just heard this voice and, 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 and I don't know that it's God's voice, but I feel like the enemy's kind of speaking lies over my life. And it's funny how people hear the enemy's lies so much in their life. So I want to ask you a different question. How many of you in the last month to six weeks can honestly say, Pastor Sean, not that I'm trying to be spiritual or not, but I really think in the last four to six weeks, I've heard God's voice. Raise your hand. It's a lot less. So here's the question today. Why have we grown so accustomed to hearing the enemy's voice, but yet we struggle so much to hear God's voice? You ever find that perplexing? I do. Because people come to me all the time as a pastor and as a counselor and they say, hey, I need help with this in my area, in my life. I'm struggling with this and I really don't know what God wants from me. I wish I could hear his voice, but the voice I keep hearing tells me I will just never do this. And it's like the voice of the enemy. And so one of the things we're gonna talk about is how, how we need to learn to tune in the frequency of God's voice. Because the truth is we ought to be able to tune our hearts to God's voice so loud and so strong that it doesn't matter what the other voices say in our life. Say what they want. We live in such a noisy culture. You know, I started thinking personally, how could this affect your life? This could affect your marriage. The next four weeks, the ability to learn to hear God speak to you could affect your marriage. Isn't it funny how men and women view speaking differently? Like it... it, wouldn't it be crazy to think that, you know, you're in a marriage, you're in a relationship, but think about getting married and you never learn to speak to each other. Now, as men, you go, I kind of like that. I'd like a few less words. But as women, you're like, oh my gosh, if I married a guy and knew he was never going to speak to me. See, this idea of hearing God can affect our marriage. It can affect how we think about our finances. It can affect how we raise our children. How many of you are parents? Raise your hand, okay? Think about it this way. You need to hear God's voice when it comes to raising your children, right? And wouldn't you as a parent desire more than anything else to raise a child that learned to tune into God's voice in a way that it kind of, in a way, almost tuned out some of the other voices in their life? Wow. You say, can you really do? Yeah, we can. We can get there in our life. God wants us to get there in our life. So we're gonna talk about how we learn to tune in the frequency of God's voice. If you have your Bible, turn to the book of John chapter 10. As you're turning over there to the gospel of John chapter 10, I wanna tell you the story that leads up to this story. Jesus met this blind man and he heals him. And in John chapter nine, when he heals him of his blindness, the guy keeps coming back to Jesus. But anytime Jesus would encounter someone, he always changed their life. And so he heals this man that's blind. But what's crazy is there's the blind man, there's the religious leaders that saw the whole thing go down and they're really bringing into question, is Jesus really the Messiah? 
Like he claims to be a lot of things. Is he really who he says he is? And then there's the other people who are just watching. So the blind guy who gets healed, the religious leaders over here, and then there's all these other people that are watching the whole thing go down. And so Jesus is trying to explain to them the difference between who he is and who they think he is. And the thing I love about scripture, there's so many names for who Jesus is in scripture. One of my favorite descriptions about who Jesus is, is he's known as the good shepherd. But I want us to look here in John chapter 10, starting with verse one, what Jesus had to say to the religious leaders, to the blind man, and to those who were listening, not only about who he was, but about his voice. What it says in John chapter 10, verse one, very truly, I tell you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. Now stop right there. Jesus was saying this, I wanna authenticate who I am. I am the Messiah. I'm not a false teacher. I'm not a false prophet. I'm not, I, I am a big threat to your religiosity, you know, and all this other stuff. But I want you to know really quick, I'm coming straight through the gate. And look what he says in verse two. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. He's making it very clear who he is. But look what he says in verses three through five. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Look what he says in verse four. When he has brought all of his own, brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his, say it with me. They know his what? They know his voice. And then look at verse five. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Now I want you to go down to verse 16 real quick because Jesus gives them another word related to this idea of listening and hearing his voice. He says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also and they too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Now this verse is proof to us of why you and I are in this church today listening to the gospel. He's talking about the Gentiles. There's nobody who's ever studied this passage unless you're a cult who says, hey, we're of another flock, okay? We're gonna get together and drink, uh, drink Kool-Aid, wear funny clothes, okay? These guys, what he's saying is this, the Gentiles are the other piece. See, the Jews believe they were God's chosen people. And so it would have been really easy for them to say, oh, we're the Jews, we're the only ones who hear the voice. <laughs> Jesus said very clearly, I've got another, I got another flock here. They're the Gentiles, And when I speak, they're gonna listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And then in verse 27, he says this, my sheep listen to my, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. Now there's a lot of times when you read this passage, people go, well, Jesus was speaking metaphorically. Well, no, here's what Jesus was doing. He was speaking them a story that they very well understood. They were an agrarian society where they grew a lot of things, but they also had a lot of sheep and they had a lot of cows and they had a lot of camel. They understood exactly what he was saying. And Jesus gave them an analogy. And here's why he gave them the analogy. He wanted them to understand that if you're a sheep, you have an ability to hear the shepherd's voice. Two words ring out in all of these verses, listen and voice. The sheep have an ability to listen and God has a voice. The sheep have an ability to hear what God says 
and God has an ability to speak to his sheep. Here's the statement I want to make today as we begin this. God is still speaking today. Why would he speak for thousands of years and then suddenly be silent? Just because we have this book in front of us. And we're going to talk about this in just a minute. God is still speaking today. Why would he send the Holy Spirit at Pentecost to come live inside of us and then say nothing? Just hit the mute button. Well, I'm going to put all of God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Spirit inside of you through the Holy Spirit, but then we're going to hit the mute button. And for all that you live on this earth, you're never going to be able to hear me say anything again. It's not true. Dallas Willard in his book, Hearing God, says these words. Listen, this is a great, great quote. He says, if God doesn't speak to us today, then the greatest disservice we can do to people is to tell them God wants you to have a personal relationship with him. Why in the world would God invite you into a personal relationship and then never speak to you? See, for some of us that grew up with a religious background, that's the type of God we want. We want the type of God that when we need you, we'll just call you. But the idea of you speaking to me is very scary because I can't think of anything good you would want to speak to me about, right? That's kind of the fear that we live with in our life. But the truth is we do people a great disservice when we say God wants to have a personal relationship with you. But once he has a personal relationship with you, he's never going to speak to you again. That just seems ludicrous. I was reading another book. It's called The Pursuit of God by A.W. Tozier. And listen to what he says about this. He says, I believe that much of our religious unbelief is due to a wrong conception of and a wrong feeling for the scriptures of truth. A silent God suddenly began to speak in a book. And when the book was finished, lapsed back into silence again forever. Look what he says. Now we read the book as a record of what God said when he was for a brief time in a speaking mood. With notions like that, our heads, in our heads, how can we believe? But then he says this. The facts are that God is not silent, has never been silent, and it is the nature of God to speak. Listen, God is still speaking. From the moment that he spoke and created and formed the mountains in Genesis 1-1, he has been having a conversation. And some of you go, wow, I've never been told that in my life. Because the idea of God speaks or God is speaking is very hard for me to understand. If that's true, Sean, why do we have the Bible? Well, I want to kind of sum up some of the confusion between hearing the words God speaks and how it relates to his word. First of all, God inspired his word. It says in Revelations twenty two eighteen, 18, we can't do anything to add to scripture. In fact, it tells us if we do, we're gonna face the curses of God on our life. But here's what we know. The scripture was given to us because it was the inspired word of God. It was God guiding men to write this. Now here's what's crazy. 66 books over thousands of years and God inspires these men to literally pen word for word what he wants in this place. That doesn't just happen by coincidence. God inspired his word. It's God's inspired word. But God's speaking doesn't just stop right here. I'm not talking about adding anything to the Bible. Because the second way God speaks to us is through the prompting of the Holy Spirit. 
If Jesus lives inside of you through the Holy Spirit, the Bible says in John 14 and 16 that he came to convince, guide, assure, give wisdom, and lead. That sounds to me like he's still speaking. There's the inspired word of God, and then there's the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So let me say it this way. God speaks through his word, but he also speaks to our hearts. God speaks through his word, but he also speaks to our hearts. You say, Sean, prove that to me. Well, I want to. Romans 8, verse 16. Listen to what Paul says. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. That word testify is a legal term. It means somebody gets on a witness stand and they give witness to something. They basically say, this is what I saw. This is what it is. Here's what God's word says. In some translations, it says God's spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So God speaks through his word, but God also speaks to our hearts through the spirit. Say, wow, like that right there could change my whole life. It it totally could. Here's why. Because many of us, here's what we say. I got to go to church to get a word from God. What if God gives you a word on Monday? What if God gives you a word on a Friday? When you just get still before him and you start asking him to speak to you and you're reading his word and all of a sudden God tells you something. But here's where our fear is. What if it's not his voice? Let's talk about that for a second. How do I know it's his voice? Listen, God never says anything to our hearts that is contrary to what is already revealed in his word. It's the litmus test. So the next time your friend goes, oh, God told me I should go on I-85 and drive 135 and throw out witnessing tracks on the way down. (laughs) Bro, you're crazy. All right? You've been sniffing glue again. You need help. Or someone comes to you and says, oh, God told me to do this. And you know it says in his word, don't do that. Listen, you're wrong. The truth is God will only speak to our hearts what he's already revealed in his word and it will back, it will confirm it, it will back it up and we're gonna talk about that more in the series. Listen, if we hear a voice that's contrary to his word, it's not his voice. That's why I'm not afraid. I just believe that if I'm saying, God, I believe your word is powerful, but I also believe your voice, like your Holy Spirit's ability to speak to my heart is equally as powerful. And so God, what I wanna do is I wanna align your voice with your word. And then suddenly, God begins to speak to us in ways we never dreamed. Why? You know why? Because we start valuing his voice. Think of all the voices in your life that you value other than God's. I don't value anyone else's voice. Well, you go on Facebook and like everyone's post every 30 seconds. I'd say you're valuing someone's voice. (laughs) The key is this. God's always been speaking through his word and God's always been speaking to our hearts. And if his voice is contrary to his word, it's not his voice. So I want to tell you real briefly today how I can tune in the frequency of God's voice. How I can tune in the frequency of God's voice. There's just a couple things I think we need to know. First of all, we were wired to hear God's voice. You were created with an innate ability to hear God speak. You say, really? No, listen, you were wired with surround sound. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm deluxe, okay? (laughs) You got the whole package. 
Genesis 1.27 says that God created man from the earth like he formed him. And then I want you to see what God immediately did in verse 28. Look what it says. God blessed them and said to them. He didn't just speak and creation happened. He spoke to us. He spoke to his creation. And he began speaking. And he began talking. We were wired with an innate ability to hear God's voice. Let me ask you a question. How did they know God was speaking to them? Do you think Adam heard God's voice and he said, oh, he's talking to the cows over there? Uh Uh-uh. It says, God blessed them and said to them. In the conversation from Genesis 1 all the way through the Bible of God between man is dynamic. Go read it. God began to speak. Why? Because he gave them the ability to hear his voice. Now, some of you ask the question, well, does God speak out loud? Come back next week. We're going to talk about that. Someone asked me one time, Pastor, why do you preach series? Like, why don't we just preach? Here's why. Because you can't stay here for four hours. I'd love to talk for four hours. But the truth is this. We do series because we want to take one thought and we want to teach it over a three to four week period. Because we want to make sure we understand what God's saying to us. God blessed them and he said to them, he was speaking to them because he gave them the ability to hear. Here's the other one that's a kicker for me. It's about identity, not a special ability. It's about identity. Look at your neighbor real quick and say these words in a very pompous voice. I'm a sheep. (laughs) Look at your other neighbor and say, you don't smell like a sheep. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So here's the thought. Jesus, when he gave this metaphor, was talking about the relationship between the sheep to the shepherd, the sheep to shepherd relationship. If you don't know anything about that relationship, to this day, you can go watch the sheep herders in Israel. And it's funny when you drive into the highway Jerusalem, you see the sheep herders and you see the sheep and suddenly all these thoughts start coming back to you of how Jesus said this stuff because he knew what he was talking about and he knew how to draw the connection there. But listen, if you're a shepherd, you have a special relationship to the sheep. And you know what the relationship is? The sheep belongs to you. Look at verse three here. He calls his own sheep by name. That's identity. He calls them by name. It's like, hey, your name is Fluffy and your name is uh, Squid Maru and your name over here is Larry and your sheep, this is Shelly the sheep right over here. Jesus calls them by name. Why? Because they have an identity. So you say, well, okay, I believe God wired me to hear his voice, but how do I really know that's true? It's not because you have a special ability. It's because you have an identity. Let me say it to you this way. This maybe will help us think about it better. Hearing God is not something I do. It's someone I am. I'm a sheep. And the sheep have a relationship to the shepherd. They say that when they tend their flocks, many times the sheep will begin to intertwine with each other, but the shepherds never worry about it. And here's why. The shepherds know their own sheep. There's an identity between the sheep to shepherd relationship there. And they say that when it's time to go and time to get the sheep back to the fold, the shepherd literally says one little voice, one little inflection, and every sheep in his flock know his voice. So the shepherd's standing out there and he realizes, hey man, we've sat here long enough and talked about college football and how fast my camel is versus your camel and all this other, it's time to go home, gotta go feed the kids. And here's what he says, yep. 
And all of a sudden, his sheep start coming around. Why? Because they're his sheep. There's identity. It's not something they do. It's someone they are. My identity gives me access to God's voice. It's amazing. Let me tell you the other thing I want you to know. God's frequency is a personal relationship. God's frequency is a personal relationship because, see, here's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna hear this. Oh, God wants to have a, a, he wants to speak to me. So here's what we start doing. We start focusing on the formula. Well, what's the frequency? It's our natural thought to say, I've gotta find the right frequency to hear God's voice. Listen, God's frequency is very, very clear. It's a personal relationship. Did you know there's really only one difference between a Christ follower and an atheist in this room today? There's only one difference. There's only one difference between the person who calls himself a Christian and the person who doesn't call themselves a Christian. It's a personal relationship with God. That's it. A personal relationship with God. You say, are you serious? Because all my life it's thought like an atheist believes a certain way, a Christian, no, no, no. An atheist doesn't have a personal relationship. A non-believer doesn't have a personal. But if you're in this room and you're a Christ follower, you have a personal relationship with God. God's frequency for you to hear his voice is a personal relationship. So let me say it this way. I've been married 25 years. Tracy walks in this room and she can stand in that corner and all she can say is, hey, I know her voice. Why? We got a personal relationship going on. You know what I'm talking about? We're in love. I've looked in that girl's face and I've kissed it so many times. Like sometimes I'll just smell her hair and I go, ooh, you smell like Tracy. And she goes, what is that smell? And I go, I don't know. If they bottle it up, they could smell millions of dollars of that stuff. I mean, sell it, you know. The truth is this. She walks in this room and speaks Here's why I know her voice. We are in a personal relationship. And for some of you, this is the kicker today. This is why all of your life you've attempted to come to church and try to create religion and let religion be your way of getting to God. And the truth is God didn't create you for religion. He created you for a relationship. It's totally different. God's frequency to hear his voice is a personal relationship. I'm still amazed that the God of the universe wants to have a conversation with me. Look what it says in John 8, 47. Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. That's pretty plain right there. If you say, Sean, I don't ever know that I've ever heard God's voice in my life, you need to ask the question, have you ever began a personal relationship? Because God's frequency is a personal relationship. Why would God call us into a personal relationship and then never desire to speak to us? That would just be cruel. I remember taking oral calm 1001 as a freshman in college, and here's what they taught you. For communication to happen, there has to be a sender and a receiver, and there has to be mutuality between that conversation. That's oral calm 1001 right there. Communication is the key to any relationship. 
God created you for a personal relationship. So here's what I've learned. When people talk about their relationship with God, there's typically two things that they think are true about a relationship with God, but they're not. And the first one I just want to identify because it's kind of funny. It's, it's called the stalker. The stalker. Everyone say stalker. Say it like with authority. Say stalker. All right, everyone knows what a stalker is, right? So here, here's what a stalker is. So ladies, you find out that uh, there's been a guy who you really don't know, but he's been checking you out on Facebook and maybe Twitter and the gram, okay? And he's checking you out and he's looking at you and all of a sudden your friend finds out, hey, he's been talking about you among his other friends. And not only that, like he's asking for your phone number, okay? And you're like, oh, this is kind of weird. And then all of a sudden he's talking about you, he's asking about your number, but you've never really met him before. We call that stalking. Go down and file charges. Run! Get a gun, okay? It's Georgia. But here's what I've learned. People spend their whole lives stalking Jesus. Lots of stalkers in this room. We talk to our friends about him. We show up and celebrate him on special days. We walk around and tell people that we, I'm, I'm really interested in this Jesus guy, but we never have a personal relationship. Listen, without a personal relationship, here's what you are. You're a stalker. Let me tell you the other type of relationship we try to have with God. I call it the talker. <laughs> have you ever had a person you couldn't get a word in edgewise? They call you and they do all the talking and then they just hang up. So the other day, okay, bye. Listen, I have a friend back in Oklahoma. When he talks to you, he never says goodbye on the conversation. He just hangs up. It's really odd. And he's a pastor, which even makes it odder. Like he's almost like God's told him to hang up. And so I'm talking to him like, hey, and all of a sudden you just go, click. He's done. Listen, a lot of us in our relationship with Jesus We're either stalkers or just talkers. We come to him and here's our desire. I want to tell you all my problems. I want to tell you all my frustrations. I want to tell, but what what if he said, hey, can I have a word with you? Can you and I just talk? Have you ever thought about the fact that as much as you want to tell God about all that you're going through, maybe God wants to tell you what he thinks? the stalker and the talker. Here's the last thing I want you to know. It's something I should desire and can develop. Tuning into God's voice is something I should desire and can develop. I want to talk about this first piece right here, desire. Next week, we're going to talk about why we fear God's voice. And some of you, I'm going to show you something in God's word maybe you've never seen before, and I'm telling you, it's going to be a game changer for you on wanting to hear God speak to you Because for the first time, you're going to figure out why you don't desire to hear his voice. But how Jesus became the cure for that. It's something I should desire to do and can develop. I've been married for 25 years. I desire to have a conversation with my wife. I desire to hear her voice. Why would we be afraid of and not desire to hear God's voice? But not just that. It's something that I can develop. It's something that I can mature in and learn in and grow in. Because here's what it's better than. Have you ever met the person that feels like God speaks to them about every single thing in their life? God told me we should turn right, right here. God told me you shouldn't put salt on your fries. 
God told me you shouldn't look up at the sun. It'll burn your eyeballs out. Oh, thanks, Captain Obvious. Thank you. As a parent, don't you want to get to the point where you just don't want to give instructions to your kids? You actually want to have a relationship with them? Don't you think God feels the same way? I call that person a message a minute Mindy. Her name is Mindy, and she's got a message from God every minute. And then there's the person I call it the point in hope, right? Because every day they're going to be like, I'm going to hear God speak. I want to hear God speak. So they just kind of throw their Bible open, and they put the finger here, and they say, oh, God, I want you to speak to me. I'm about to go play basketball with my friends, God. Would you speak to me? And they look down, and on Numbers 26.3, it says, and your basket shall be blessed. And that joker decides he's going to go play LeBron James. And LeBron's still going to swat your stuff. Because the point and hope method isn't God's way that he wants to speak to you. He actually wants you to know how to develop a listening ear for his voice. And that to me is what's so amazing. That's the gospel in all this. That God loves you so much, he doesn't want to just redeem you back. He actually wants to have a conversation with you. And he never gets tired of hearing you speak and you should never get tired of hearing him speak because it's relationship. It's something that I can develop. So here's the thing I want you to know. There are thousands of frequencies in this room. Everyone do this real quick. Just look around, okay? Look around like you're freaked out, okay? Because you should be. There are hundreds of thousands of frequencies in this room right now that you don't even recognize. In fact, I want to prove to you this. Look at this. This is a real-time analyzer. That sounds real technical, doesn't it? It's called an RTA. And this RTA here is measuring every frequency in this room. This one measures only 20,000. Sorry, that's all we could afford. (laughs) So we got 20,000 frequencies. I want to prove to you it's measuring your frequency. I want everyone to clap as loud as you can right now. Go. Okay, that's good. I need one person from the back to yell. Go. Yep, that's you right there. That's your frequency. You could have picked a better one, but that's you. Okay. Tens of hundreds of thousands of frequencies in this room. And here's what we think. The goal to hearing God's voice is to learn to tune out all the frequencies, but it's not. Here's how you begin to learn to hear God's voice. You need to, turn to learn to turn, tune in his frequency. It really doesn't matter what all these frequencies right here are doing. But if this is what God says is the frequency by which he speaks to us, wouldn't it make sense that we would spend all of our time wanting to tune into that frequency? And can I tell you what God's frequency is? It's a personal relationship. It's not about how religious you are, how, about how good you are, how moral you are. It's about a personal relationship. And here's what's crazy. Think about the impact this could have in your marriage, your children, your work, your mission in life, your legacy that you want to leave. If you spent more of your time tuning and desiring and developing and shaping your ear to the frequency of God's voice, here's what it would do. It would bring clarity to your life. Oh, God's speaking. He's showing me right now. He's telling me. You would start making decisions based on God's voice above everything else. 
Let's pray together. Thanks again for listening to this week's message. Remember, you can find more sermons just like this one on our website at southcrest.church. If you have any questions about our church, email us at hello at southcrest.tv. We'll see you next time.